college admissions is an ever-changing landscape. And applying to college has never been harder in wake of our new normal. That's why we are revolutionizing college admissions, one application at a time. Welcome to Talk College to Me, a D100 radio podcast featuring your co-hosts, Lynn Stewart and Vicki Thompson. Thank you for tuning in to episode eight of Talk College to Me. On this episode, we're going to be looking into college fit, what that means, um, why it's important to ask why when you're starting this college process. Joining us this evening is Ingrid Hayes, Vice President for Enrollment Management at Spelman College, and Brandon Mack, Associate Director of Admission and Coordinator of Transfer Admission at Rice University. Ingrid and Brandon, thank you all for being here this evening. Would you both share with the listeners a little about your professional journey in college admissions? Ingrid, we'll start with you. Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm glad to be here. I am starting my 29th year as an admissions professional, uh, though it seems not that long ago. Uh, I started uh, here in uh, my native Atlanta, Georgia, at Georgia State University, and then moved on to Georgia Tech, where I spent 15 years, the bulk of my career, uh, with the last five four years as a director of admissions at Georgia Tech. So it was really interesting to have the uh, difference of those two types of institutions and the students that they attracted at that time. Um, I also had exposure to general admissions work, but had an opportunity to do athletic admissions and um, some other interesting things around campus. I learned a lot uh, during my time at Georgia Tech. And then I transitioned to um, a director of admissions role at Spelman College, also in Atlanta. It's one of only two HBCUs. It's a private liberal arts college uh, for women. Uh, and I had a great time there, but uh, then also transitioned for a brief time to the University of Alabama in Huntsville uh, before returning to Spelman in my current role uh, where I'm having a grand old time. Thank you, Ingrid. You know, I forgot you were at UAB Huntsville. Um, you know, it's interesting. You went from Georgia Tech, primarily, I think it's still mostly male, big uh, STEM programs, engineering, to a women's college. Yes. Um, I think uh, the foundation of the work is very similar because uh, we really are trying to help students find their best fit. Uh, I found the students at Georgia Tech to be amazing and inquisitive and, and really innovative and looking to be on the cutting edge of whatever comes next and new. Uh, I think that is also true at Spelman, uh, though you may find that the students at Spelman um, have some slightly different motivations, but they are equally um, aspirational. And uh, so it's just a different type of student. So you just have to understand the type of institution you're representing and then help um, to find and connect students with that institution. Uh, I've Feel like I've been very fortunate to have worked at some outstanding institutions with some great students. Well, thank you. That's great. You're a perfect uh, person to be on this podcast to talk about college fit because two very sort of distinct institutions. And while I'm at it, I have to put in a plug for women's colleges. I'm a graduate of Stevens College and big advocate 
of women's colleges. So go Stevens. All right, Brandon, please give us a little bit about your professional journey and admissions. Well, once again, thank you all for inviting me to this wonderful conversation. Um, so I graduated from Rice in 2006, and I uh, didn't immediately go into college admissions. I actually went to graduate school and went to Texas A&M University and got my master's in sociology. I thought I wanted to become a college professor, but realized I didn't really like the publisher Paris nature of academia. So a job opened up at Rice in the admission office to work specifically on minority recruitment. So I applied and I started my admission career. I've been at Rice for 11 years now, uh, predominantly starting off working with minority recruitment. I coordinated our fly-in program uh, and then uh, worked my way up from admission counselor to associate director. And so now I oversee our transfer admission process. I'm also an international recruiter. I recruit for the Caribbean and Africa, which is amazing. And um, all along the way, I've also uh, gotten my master's in higher education, leadership and policy studies at the University of Houston, and I'm an activist. So my way of understanding college fit is through my own personal experiences of going from a small private um, undergraduate institution to being at larger public institutions for my graduate program and seeing the difference even within myself of attending those different institutions. I know that college fit is a very real thing. So I know that some people think, oh, it's just a term. Oh, no, it is definitely real. I realized through my own experiences that going to a small uh, a small private institution was the best thing for me for my undergraduate years and that uh, who I am would be very different if I had went to the other institutions I went to for graduate school. Thank you, Brandon. Um, and we do have some international listeners. So um, thank you so much for coming. Before I turn it over to Vicki to start the questioning, I happened to be working with a student this week and we were going over her essay and I did get permission to quote her on the show tonight, but she, I, I couldn't have planned this. I mean, I could, it couldn't have happened better if I had planned it. In her essay, she basically encapsulates this topic that we're talking about tonight. So I'll just read a little bit of it. She's talking about a trip she went with her father. They were out fishing and her line got caught up. They were in a boat and her line got caught up with someone who was standing on the shore who was fishing. As I handed my dad the rod, I tried to understand what went wrong. Why were they casting my way? I was dumbfounded that though we were fishing from two different directions, we were both fishing for the same line. This, I'm sorry, for the same thing. The same applies to where I am now. Why college? Is it just to have a line in the water like everyone else? Or am I trying to catch something bigger? Through this experience, I have realized that there's more to planning my education than simply casting blindly into the water. And when I read that this week, I thought, did you know we were having a podcast about fit? <laughs> I just, it just, it just absolutely blew me away. And I just, I, you know, there's, I just need to find a way to get students to ask that why question first. Lynn, that's a great segue into, into this first question for our guests. Um, thank you both for joining us today. Um, we're delighted to have such seasoned professionals on Talk College to me. Ingrid and Brandon, I would love for you both to respond to this question, if you don't mind. 
Um, as students begin thinking about the application process, is it important for them to consider why they want to go to college before focusing on the question, where do I want to go to college? Let's start with Ingrid. Thank you, Vicki. So I think the short answer to that is yes, it's important. Uh, college is a significant decision and investment for many. Uh, so it's important to take some time to do self-reflection and to consider, why do I wanna to go to college? A sound approach is to begin with the end in mind, not necessarily a specific degree or an occupation, uh, but something broader, like what do you hope to accomplish in your lifetime? What types of skills would best assist you in meeting those goals? What type of educational experience is important to me? These are the types of questions that help you get to the why of it. Uh, and can ultimately guide the answer to where you want to go to college. People have all types of motivations for continuing their education. They could be academic, they could be social, um, they could be interested in networking or economic mobility. Uh, that's a real promise of higher education. And so a, a reason that um, students might think about uh, one of many reasons why they might think about going to college. And so there's no one right answer to any of this. Uh, and you may have multiple uh, reasons why, but I think because of that, it's important to remember that your answers are unique to you. And so you really do have to um, have a sense of self-reflection as you're thinking about that why to sort of help focus then what type of institution might be the best fit for me. Great, thank you. So for me, the two questions are actually connected, but you first want to answer the first question, which is, why do you want to go to, to college? And it really should be, as um, Ms. Hayes mentioned, it is a very personal decision. It needs to be for your own reasons, because you're going to be the person who's going to go to that institution. It isn't going to be your parents. It isn't going to be your counselors. It's going to be you. So you've got to think about well, what is my actual reason for wanting to go to an institution of higher education? And I want it to be known that we're not just talking about four-year institutions. We're also talking about two-year colleges. We're also talking about vocational schools. Really think about what it is and your reasoning for why you want to go to a particular institution because you're thinking about either going into that particular job or profession. Um, as was mentioned, you are wanting and thinking about economic mobility. It may be because you're just really interested in a subject and this is your space to be able to really delve into that exploration. So I definitely think you have to think about the why and then that why is really going to govern the where because you want to go to where it's going to accomplish what it is that you want to get out of this experience. So I know we're saying that you definitely should think about it from a long-term perspective, and I definitely agree, but you should also think about it from a short-term perspective in terms of this is going to be literally your home for the next four years. So what do you want to get out of this experience? Is it going to be that you want to go to a place where there's a lot of people or do you want to go to a place where there's a smaller community uh, just because you want a different experience? Do you want to go to a place that's really going to be centered around Greek life or some other type of unique experience that you want to get out of the college or university experience? So both are connected. So it's about first and foremost, what is that why and reason you want to go to, to a higher education institution? And then what's going to be that place that is facilitating your why? Great, that's really helpful. Parents and students spend a whole lot of time talking to each other, high school students, high school parents about 
where to go to college and what fits, they really should be talking to more college students and parents of college students, people who have actually experienced that next step. So my name is Nikolai with D100. And you know, this question's for you, uh, Ms. Hayes. So I hear admissions representatives using the term fit. What is actually college fit? And is fit more important than the college rankings? That's a great question, Nikolai. Uh, while you hear a lot about college rankings in the popular media, I do think that fit is more important. It is personal to your interests and needs and therefore a better indicator of the likelihood that you will get the most out of your college career, as uh, Brandon alluded to just a few moments ago. There are over 3,000 colleges and universities in the United States. So a ranking list is appealing because it gives a sense that someone else has already done the work of narrowing down those choices for you and is making some objective decision about who is the best. But the beauty is that there are over 3,000 colleges and universities in the United States. They each have their own personalities, attractive traits, and even shortcomings. So students and families have to do the work and look beyond the rankings to see if what is most important to their aspirations for college will be available to them in meaningful ways in whatever institutions they are researching. So I think that's a really important. FIT is really thinking about whether the structures in place at an institution are such that they will provide the type of experiences that will allow you to thrive academically, socially, and developmentally during your matriculation. So a couple of buckets that you might put that into as you're thinking about FIT, academic FIT. So if you've identified an area of study, um, does that school offer it? So it would amaze you over the time that I have worked in this profession, uh, especially when I've been at schools where there are, you know, there's a strong presence of athletics as an example, that people think about game day at that institution and what they see on a Saturday um, afternoon. Uh, and they don't really think about what happens the other six days on that campus and whether or not it's something that excites or interests them. So I, I always uh, try to make sure people understand that they need to be looking for an academic fit. Um, and also what resources are accessible to you as an undergraduate. So some schools will tout their research programs, uh, but undergraduate students never have an opportunity to work in those labs or with that world-renowned faculty member. So an academic fit is really important. Uh, environment uh, is another really important piece in the fit factor. Um, you know, is proximity to home important to you, whether it's being close or not being so close? Um, those are two um, different sides of that coin and differ by student. You know, the campus size. Go and sit in a lecture hall at a large public university. You know, how is that different from your current environment? And is it one where you would thrive or are okay with uh, being in that type of environment? Um, also, um, looking at things like whether you want to be in an urban, suburban, or rural area, uh, that environment, you know, is important for some people. What's the student vibe? You know, as you're uh, walking around campus or taking a look on the internet uh, at the types of students and their personality. You know, what's the personality of that campus? Are the students laid back? Are they all serious? Are they super competitive? Or are they more collaborative uh, with each other and pushing each other towards success? Um, 
all of those, you know, is it a quirky campus? Do, are the students quirky? And does that with you? Uh, what types of facilities do they have? You know, what's important to you? What types of things do you feel um, are going to be important? And what types of cultural opportunities do they have? Are there particular things that are of interest to you or that you'd like to learn and explore uh, and learn more about? Um, are the, what are those things that are important in the environment? I think opportunities is another um, big fit. Uh, so leadership, you know, what do you have an opportunity? You know, a lot of people are drawn to women's colleges because there are so many more opportunities for women to be in leadership roles and also to see it modeled in the administration uh, than at other types of institutions. So that might be something that's important. Research, again, do, will you have that opportunity to be in the labs or to, to help um, work directly with a faculty person, maybe internships and travel abroad? Like, so for example, um, if we took Spelman as an example, we tip in a typical year uh, about four our students um, in any given graduating class, uh, which is the majority of the class, have participated in some type of study abroad experience. So we're an HBCU, so we primarily educate black women. So when a student like those who come to Spelman, if they're looking at other types of institutions, a question that they might ask is, how many of your students of color are participating uh, in these types of activities? Uh, it's not that it doesn't happen, but Spelman has figured out a way to make it happen for as many of that type of student as possible. And so that's something that, that you want to ask about. Support is another way to determine whether or not you're having a good fit. Uh, what types of academic supports are there? whether you feel like you need them right now or not, um, you know, sometimes that's the thing is making sure that really bright students understand that academic support is not just for those students who are challenged. Um, it's sort of staying ahead and keeping yourself in the game that's really important. So what types of support services do they have? Um, if um, you happen to be in a group that has traditionally been marginalized in higher education, what type of support do, does that campus provide for you as a student. Uh, you know, the last several months have really been interesting uh, and people have been watching how colleges have reacted to the social unrest, also the pandemic response. You know, what happened when we all had to pivot suddenly in the spring? How were students treated when they had to leave campus suddenly? Uh, so, and how have we been um, reacting as, as we now move into the fall and we've had to move to either hybrid or remote uh, or even being on campus. How have, how have the administrations been make, taking care of making sure that student remains whole through that process? So I think um, that's really important. And mental and health, mental health and wellness is another support piece that you have to look at. So I think those are all fine. And I think the final piece I'd like to raise up for fit that's important um, is financial fit. So we always lead with don't let the price tag automatically um, put a school off of your list. But at the same time, you want to make sure that you're having very um, candid conversations with your family about whether or not there is a financial fit. Um, it's very important to um, assess whether the numbers work. 
what are your limits for working while you're enrolled? You know, how much time do you think, because that can uh, detract from your time studying. So it's really important to understand whether you feel like you'd have to work more in order to make the numbers work. Uh, what's your maximum debt tolerance? Uh, understanding how much debt do you or your family uh, feel is something they can comfortably manage uh, after that. And then also remembering that it's a four-year commitment. Uh, will you be able to sustain the expected financial obligation for a number of years, for four years or five years? Um, you want to make sure uh, that before you make that commitment that you, you and your family fully understand what the opportunities and the challenges might be uh, and just ensure that you have a good financial fit. Yeah. I, um, when I have that question about rankings with students, uh, my response to them is, uh, you know, I'm, I don't bash rankings, but the reality is if you're in college and you're having a particularly bad week, you've had terrible tests, you just, just seems like nothing's going right for you. Is looking at that ranking going to bring you comfort? Because that it's, you know, college is a real life, everyday experience. So when you're looking at fit, you've got to think about what, where is my happy place? When I, when I'm having a bad day, what makes me feel better? And can I get that at a particular institution? Because that's the reality. College is the real world. And what you said about sports, you know, you're talking about maybe five or six Saturdays out of an entire school year. So it's got to be more to it than that. Ingrid, I, I so appreciated what you said about a women's college. I work in an all-girls school, and I always call girls to think about what it is they like about their current experience, that engaged learning, the ability to feel comfortable to speak up and speak out, um, take on those leadership roles without another level of competition. And uh, I appreciate that. And, and the financial fit too, so important uh, that families think about that sophomore, junior year. We've had a, a podcast on financial aid and, and I can't say enough how helpful net price calculators can be to families to, to get a, an early read on whether uh, they can afford a, a certain experience. So I definitely want to agree with everything that Ms. Hayes said, but what I also want us to think about is the second part of that question when we talk about rankings. We always have got to ask ourselves, what is that ranking based on? Because often what I think is conflated is that rankings are indicative of quality and that rankings are indicative of the way that that particular college is perceived in the world. And they don't align because that's the reason why there are so many different rankings out there, right? You could be number one on somebody's list because of however they determine that ranking. And then that other school will be maybe number 15 on a different list. So that's why I always tell people that rankings are opinions. And you're just getting another opinion about that particular institution. But it ultimately comes down to you and what do you think? And what are you getting out of that particular college or university perspective or, or experience? So once again, don't take rankings as hard and fast rules. 
It really is about you finding that right fit and getting as much information and even your own personal experiences with that college or university to ultimately determine where do you want to go and what experience you want to get. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at rankings. They are not hard and fast rules and they are not indicative of quality. I appreciate that so much, Brandon. You know, I, I, I often think about rankings like using a Michelin star list to, to choose a restaurant. Um, you know, the, this restaurant may have great French food and it's Michelin star rated, but you might not like French food. So the, that, that Michelin star becomes kind of worthless to you. Perfect. Thank you both for being on the podcast. This is Dylan with D100. Mr. Mack, this is a question for you, actually. Um, please explain the distinguishing characteristics of liberal arts college, a comprehensive university, and an honors college within a larger university. Absolutely. So the fundamental thing that makes the difference is the perspective that that institution is taking on your education and how it's carried out. So to give you a sense of some of these different definitions, so first, uh, liberal arts college. So liberal arts colleges are going to be primarily devoted to teaching. Those professors are focused on delivering education. They're focused on expanding that particular subject through teaching as being their primary method that they're focused on. And also at a liberal arts college, they want you to get both depth and breadth in terms of what you're learning. So generally what you're going to see at a liberal arts college is you're going to see that they want you to take classes across the entire spectrum of education. So you're going to get STEM, you're going to get humanities, you're going to get social sciences, you may get music, but they want to ensure that you have a broad-based education, but also that you can go deeper into some of those subjects. But the primary focus is going to be on the teaching element in terms of the way that you're learning within the that space. So a comprehensive research university, they still focus on teaching, but they're all but their professors are also focused on the production of knowledge. So the way that they produce that knowledge is through research. Now, one thing that I think is a misnomer is that some people think that, oh, if they see liberal arts college that they don't do research. No, you can definitely do research at a liberal arts college, as well as you can do research at a comprehensive research university. But the thing is, is that the focus and the philosophy of that institution, if it's liberal arts, is once again going to be primarily on teaching and primarily on you getting that broad-based education, and research is not necessarily going to be their primary focus. Whereas a comprehensive research university, they're going to be very much focused on that research element. Their professors are going to be constantly trying to produce new knowledge and once again, expanding that knowledge area. And then they invite their undergraduate and graduate students to participate and engage in that knowledge production. Uh, you will find institutions that are a hybrid of the two. I often like to say Rice University is a comprehensive research university with a liberal arts attitude. And what I mean by that is that we're definitely about the production of knowledge, but at the same time, we focus on quality undergraduate teaching. We want our students to get a broad-based education across all different fields, and we want you to engage in that in a way that is giving you academic freedom and flexibility. So. Those are at least the two differences with respect to that. For an honors college, an honors college within a larger institution means that they want to make sure that you're getting access to a more in-depth education because their primary focus is making sure that they're focusing on all students from a broad 
variety of different educational levels. Because the key thing is, is that each, the reason why there are 3,000 institutions of higher education is they're all trying to meet people at where they're at. And people are going to come into higher education from different educational levels, from different backgrounds, and we want to meet our students at where they're at. So if you see an honors college within a particular institution, it's because they want to make sure that those students who are within that honors college are being met at that high level that they're coming into that institution at. So generally, you're going to see them offering, you know, research opportunities. Um, they may engage in more discussion-based courses because, once again, those students are coming into it at a higher level. And so I also want to point out, if you see honors, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're any better than the other students. It just means that there are different ways that that school is approaching, making sure they meet you at where you're at. So this is all about what are, is that educational philosophy that that institution is using to carry out the education to the students who attend that institution. So you got a lot of different options. And it's all about, once again, figuring out what best fits you. So if you're someone who really, really, really wants to delve deeply into research, then you're probably going to be looking for those comprehensive research universities because you won't know you want that experience. If you're someone who is not necessarily as focused on research, but you definitely want to have these really in-depth conversations with teachers who are going to be really in the subject with you and coming up with new ways to think about that subject, a liberal arts college may be for you. If you're someone who knows, hey, I'm undecided. I like to say multi-decided personally, because I think most of us have multiple things that we're thinking about. We just try to figure out what we want to decide. You can go to a liberal arts college and it gives you that opportunity to kind of uh, experience all the different things that you're interested in studying. And then a research university could do that as well. But it's important for you to ask yourself, what is this institution thinking about education? And does that particular philosophy align with where I'm at as a student? Man, there's a lot of different options. Thank you so much, Mr. Mack. Yes, Mr. Mack, I like that. So multi-decided. Do you mind if I use that with my students? Please do. <laughs> okay, that takes me to the, the next question. Um, you know, we began working with our students early, um, well, midway through junior year. And the reality is that a lot of students, they want to do so many things. They don't know how to pick one or two or three. So uh, my question is um, for Ingrid, what, what are the most important factors or drivers for students to consider as they begin to explore colleges, especially if they don't have a major picked out or they want to major in several different areas? So I, I think that this question sort of takes us back to the earlier conversation about fit. Um, undecided or undeclared, or however you would like to categorize these students, they want they sh should be focusing on um, attending an institution whose curriculum or study plan allows space for exploration. So, um, in particular, uh, a lot of my experience has been at liberal arts colleges and programs, even within a school that had a very technical focus. But I think. Um, that liberal arts programs are often very good at providing students with the soft skills vulnerable to many different career fields. So you don't have to jump right in. If 
if you know that you want to be an engineer and that's what you've got, then that's great. Uh, but even so, engineers need the soft skills uh, in order to be able to convey their knowledge uh, to uh, other people. Uh, and and honestly, uh, during my time at Tech, some of the many of the engineers that I met often uh, ended up sort of innovating and having their own businesses. So they weren't actually practicing engineers by the time they had gotten further along. Uh, and, and so all of the other sort of what people would put into the liberal arts bucket were things that they needed in order to be able to uh, be successful and carry their market or their endeavor or their information onto market. Um, I, I think the important thing is for students to acquire the critical thinking, analytical research and quantitative skills that are valued uh, in a whole host of professions. Uh, I have an English literature degree from DePaul University in Indiana, and I use all of these skills regularly in my day-to-day -day responsibilities, uh, figuring out, you know, what an aid package might need to be or trying to um, write marketing materials uh, for our program. So it, it really does run the gamut. Um, and I had no idea what I was going to do after graduating, and I left without any job offers. Um, but I strongly believe that I was well-equipped to thrive in a variety of fields. Those skills have served me well, and as I said, I, I use them every day. I think that holds true now as well. Uh, just last week, Spelman hosted a webinar called A Chemist Like Me. It's a series that has begun on campus, and it includes, included alumni who hold chemistry degrees from Spelman, but whose careers are, are quite varied. We have Rosalind Brewer, who's um, the chair of the Spelman board, but she's also the chief operating officer and group president of Starbucks. She has a chemistry degree, <laughs> not a business degree. Uh, Jasmine Courtney, she's the executive director of consumer insights at Mac Cosmetics. So she's doing a lot of data analysis. And then we had Nina Myers, and she's an equity research analyst for Goldman Sachs. So they all started at the same place, but because they're in a liberal arts environment, they were able to uh, take those very specific skills and then use them and expand the opportunities. And that's really what college is intended to do for any of us is to expand our opportunities. So, um, so a student who hasn't yet decided um, should feel comfortable knowing it's okay that you don't know the specific thing because college is not just about giving you vocational training to do a thing. Uh, it's actually more helpful for you to learn those soft skills and how to think and how to strategize so that in this quickly and rapidly changing world, you're able to adapt and change and see the thing that is needed next and being able to, to be in place uh, to capitalize on that, to make sure uh, that you are leading that discussion or framing that conversation. And I think that's really what um, a student who's currently undecided uh, should be focusing on as they're thinking about what types of institutions they might attend. Thank you, Ingrid. I think you're, you're right. And I think as a college counselor, that's one of our challenges to put information like that in front of students to get them 
thinking that way because quite frankly, and you know, Dylan and Nikolai could chime in on this, but a lot of time for seniors and as we head into the holidays, you know, if they had 10 bucks for everybody that asked them, oh, you're a senior, where are you going? Where are you applying? You know, like they're supposed to have it all figured out at 17 or 18. And then to hear about these people who are wildly successful, um, you know, but they took the long winding road kind of thing. I think that would validate them. Uh, Brandon? So, yeah, I know it makes it seem like, you know, we expect you to have your entire life planned out at 16, 17, 18 year olds. You have to remember, there are many of us who are in our older years and we still don't have it planned out. So that's the key thing is when you're when you're approaching this process is you want to look into the institution to see, do they give you maneuverability? in terms of can you go into another subject or do you have to reapply? You know, what is that kind of maneuverability that is enabled in that institution? So I also think that that's something that you should look into when it comes to FIT is that if you know, you know, that you know definitively, uh, as Ms. Hayes mentioned, that you are that engineer, you want to go into that subject, then you're going to look into those institutions that tell you, okay, you're applying into the engineering school, this is going to be your academic home, and this is where you're going to stay, then that's probably going to be a really great fit. If you're someone who's still trying to figure it out, then you're probably going to look into an institution that's going to give you a little bit of more maneuverability to say, hey, you tried out engineering, wasn't necessarily th your thing. Well, you have all these other options to be able to go to, and it's easy to maneuver and still be at that institution rather than having to do another reapplication and things of that nature. So just think about that also about, okay, I really like this school. I really like this interest. Am I really super committed to it? If you're that type, go for those type of institutions. But if you're someone who's still trying to figure it, figure it out, we completely totally understand that in the admission process. Just give us a sense of what it is that you're interested in. And if we're the type of institution that allows you that maneuverability, you can still find a home at our institution. So give yourself that grace and space to know that you don't have to have it entirely figured out. Because trust me, even adults don't have it entirely figured out. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. That's great advice. Um, and this next question is for you as well. Um, in your own educational journey and your broad experience professionally, do you feel like students can find a fit and be happy in a lot of different colleges? Absolutely. And I am a personal testament to that. Uh, so a little bit of background about me. I grew up in a very small town, um, 50 miles south of Houston. Uh, when I was approaching this process, one of my biggest things that I was looking at was getting out of Texas. It was like out of here because I wanted something different and I wanted something bigger. I wanted something more diverse. You know, all those things were going on in my mind because that's where I was at at that particular point. So then when I ended up visiting Rice, it actually connected because it was very, very diverse. I love the fact that they told me that I can decide what classes I wanted to take to fit my uh, educational requirements because anyone who knows me knows that I hate math with a five of a thousand sons. Just the truth, five of a thousand sons. So when the institution says, hey, we have flexible distribution requirements, so you choose what you want to take to satisfy that, I'm like, oh, now that sounds nice. And the fact that it was, you know, uh, immediately I connected to that environment. I felt a certain fit 
for myself, for that institution. So even though I wanted to go somewhere very different because it is located in Houston, Texas, it was worth applying for and it was worth staying for because I felt a fit with what I was looking for. But also when I went to Rice, I needed that smaller environment, even though I went to a small school, I liked that small environment because it allowed me to really get to know people who were very different from me. Whereas if I went to a larger institution, I would have probably gotten a large scale number of different people to meet. But those kind of small interactions within the classroom and academic space probably wouldn't have had that same experience. And that really has had a profound impact on me in the way that I approach education and even with the way that I've approached my life. So it gave me all those things and it was a great fit for me. I will say having gone to two large public institutions for graduate school, I found that those were really great fits for me for my higher education, for my master's and my doctorate, because once again, it's a different perspective. And then it enabled me to have very different conversations than the ones that I had at the undergraduate level. And then also I was a different person at that point. So being in a classroom where I have, you know, 35 to 40 other individuals who come from different socioeconomic backgrounds, who come from different educational institutions, different philosophies of life, we're having these different conversations that were informed by our undergraduate experiences to where I knew, okay, this is a different fit and a different environment, but it's the right fit for me. So I now know my undergraduate self probably would not necessarily have been as happy at the Texas at Texas A&M, but I was very happy at Rice. But I could be happy at the University of Houston, which is a very different institution. So yeah, you can be someone who can be happy with a variety of different uh, institutions, which I know makes it fun for your college counselors when they see that list that is all across the board. But as long as you understand why you connect to that institution, then you're doing it right. Because there isn't just one thing, you know, it isn't just, oh, I'm going to be just only happy at small private liberal arts colleges. Oh, no. If you know yourself truly and you know what you're looking for out of an experience, as long as it has what it is that you want to study, it gives you the ability to study that and everything else that you want to study. And it's giving you that environment that you're really looking for and the support services that you need to get to and through college. Then that's the right institution for you, regardless of size, regardless of location. So give yourself that opportunity to really allow yourself to explore because you can truly be happy at a variety of different institutions. Thank you, Brandon. That's such great advice. I, I do agree that keeping some breadth in a college list throughout the senior year is really important because you, you've got to consider how you develop as a person from the beginning of senior year to the end. Often students will say, I want to go to a small liberal arts college, and then there's a shift and, and they find a program at a big research university that suits them even better. So I think it's good to keep those options open and, and to, to consider some breath as you move through this. We so appreciate both of you being here. Thank you to Ingrid Hayes from Spelman College and Brandon Mack from Rice University for being with us. Uh, you've provided such helpful advice to the students and parents who are listening. Our, our next episode, listeners, is going to be something you get to choose. It's a listener's choice. Uh, we'd like for you to check the episode notes of this podcast to cast your vote to decide what you'd like to hear in our next episode. <laughs>
Thank you all for joining us on Talk College to Me. For more information discussed in this episode, please visit d100.college. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this episode are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of their respective institutions or organizations. Thank you for tuning in to Talk College to Me. See you next week.